Now, listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Well best bits of tonight's show, which you can hear every night, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, James, I fully agree with uh, Dominic Rabb's opinion regarding not taking the knee. And I don't think sports persons and the police should be doing so either. I agree. Black lives, of course, matter, as all lives matter. Let's talk to Mike Indian, uh, the political commentator who's always um, got got a view on these sort of things. Mike, good evening. Good evening, James. What are your thoughts, Michael? What are your thoughts on this? I mean, is it a bit of a story out of nothing again, really? I think it's the latest in the what's just proving to be quite a bad week for the government, and it's just showing how difficult it is then to get a handle on how to come across as empathetic when it comes to race relations. I do believe, I do agree with what you said about people having a choice whether they should take the knee or not, but for Dominic Raab to trot out a ball sort of bad Game of Thrones reference. It, it, we're living in quite uncertain and, um, we shall say, stressful, stressful times at the moment, James, and I think a lot of people wouldn't have appreciated his comments and they could, mm-hmm. they could jump on them quite easily. We've got to remember, the man's a the de facto deputy prime minister here and he has to be seen to set a clear and empathetic example. And the day yeah. before that, of course, he had Matt Hancock getting um, Marcus Rashford's name wrong as well. Yeah, yeah. Calling him Daniel. I mean, you know... They've all got fairly uh, fairly busy times and uh, stressful times at the moment. And I suppose he was asked the question, and uh, I would have asked the question, I think, if I was doing yeah. that sort of interview at the time. Um, but he was taken uh, by surprise. Or yeah, the Game of Thrones thought, is a bit messy, yeah, a bit clumsy yeah. reference to make, really. Yeah. But the actual, you know, he shouldn't have to go on his knee. Do you no, know what I mean? I mean... I mean, it's, in, it's interesting that, of course, we've seen the Prime Minister um, give a sort of public pronouncement for Black Lives Matter at PMQs, but no member of the government has yet uh, publicly done this statement. Keir Starmer's um, tweeted out a picture of him taking the knee with Angela Rayner last week, but I want to see yeah. actions, not no, words. Just, from, I don't want to uh, see people doing what they think is a sort of silly political stunt, right? So I don't really want to see the Prime Minister doing this because he feels no. he's been pressurised no. into it. you know. And I am sure that this government will do as much as they can to make everybody's lives better. At I think moment, this symbolism is sometimes gets too much. I agree with you. I think that symbolism has, has largely gone too far at the moment. And I think the reaction of the announced Commission on Racial Disparities earlier in the week has been interesting, certainly from the Labour side of things. What's been even, been even more interesting has been seeing how those main members of the government, so Priti Patel, Bima Falame, Kami Badenoch, mm. have all been responding to criticism from the other side of the aisle. So Dawn Butler, Diane Abbott, and also the ex-Labour MP Fiona Anasanya, who you had on talk radio earlier. It, yeah. it's, it's interesting to see how different minorities talk to each other as well. The trouble is that the government's public faces in this, with the exception of Priti Patel, are all largely drawn from one group, which is, of course, white men. And many of these groups, such as Dawn yeah. Butler demonstrating in the House of Commons, they feel like they're being lectured to at the moment, and they sure, expect something different from yet. Dominic Raab to what he showed earlier. Yeah, and I, I yeah, I think um, I think you're probably right, but I. You know, I think that this particular issue is one that can be discussed, obviously, but 
I think I think the government of the day trying to to continue to to try and be doing the fashionable thing and everything like that. It it's not right. It it's um mm. you know there's a fad at one moment. We need to make sure there is no race discrimination in this country. But Black Lives and, Matter has a lot more. It's a whole political movement, and a lot of people yeah. don't realise that. So they've in a way they've sort of hijacked uh, what you know the situation including uh, including defunding the police so you know yeah, there are people don't realize that, do they? yeah hmm. and there are many different in- agendas intersecting on the simple issue of race here i mean the issue of the statues for example has been a massive one in america for many many years now with the confederacy statues yeah. largely put up in the 30s at, at the time when the jim crow laws were in effect there but it's provoked a sort of, I think, a distraction here from the fact that, that Theresa May's government was talking about two or three years ago, which is the issue of racial disparities in this country, which unquestionably exist. I don't want to see this argument, James, reduced to, to, to a simple fact of whether or not our senior politicians are taking the knee or not. Mm. What I want to see is the government coming forward later this year with, with a clear idea about which areas of society, such as criminal justice, such as policing, such as education, that it wants to address using its majority of 80, using perhaps some cross-party cooperation as well, not debating whether or not certain symbols should be carried out or respected by certain senior politicians. Yeah. Uh, Mike, thank you very much indeed. And uh, we shall uh, we shall talk again at some point in the future. Thank you. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. OK, let's talk about this uh, quite important situation here in Oxford or is yeah. becoming uh, important all over the country. And I think it actually is a good wake-up call. The, you know, some of the statues to some of the people who've uh, been doing things in this country have uh, brought this country, I suppose, in many ways to where it is. But some of the things and the practices in our history are not really things mm. we are very proud of. Um, yeah. Anyway, the college says it will uh, need, uh, there'll need to be consultations over planning regulations before it can be taken down. But... Um, yeah. I think it's a, it's a good move to take it down. Let's talk to um, uh, or Wayman Bennett from Stand Up to Racism and United Against Fascism, which is an interesting duo, really, isn't it? Wayman, good evening. Um, I, I I agree with you. I think Cecil Rhodes, probably his time for being on display at Oxford uh, should come to an end. Um, I can't see why anybody would disagree because there are other people maybe... Uh, more recent heroes, uh, if you could call him that, or these people mm-hmm. who have statues made about them, that we could be displaying in this country. Yes, yes. and I think that's a, a step forward, actually, because, as you said, there are two histories, and, and some of the histories are hidden. Um, unfortunately for Mr Rhodes, he was involved in near-genocidal practices around the world. I mean, people, mm-hmm. many people just don't understand. I mean, he said himself that when he was in Metavini land, he needed to collect almost slaves to work on the um, diamond and gold mines. So he enslaved the Nabili and the Shona. And he said, I mm-hmm. cut them down with machine guns like cornfields, reaping a machine. And I, I, I do believe that those things shouldn't be celebrated, the um, assaults yeah. on people. But also there's another history of people who said that he was wrong, or other people that said that that's a wrong way to behave in. You know, there's an anti-slavery movement, there's an anti-apartheid movement in this country. Mm. As a suffragette movement, there's a movement for human rights. And many of those people have been overlooked in favour of, of, of you know, the truth of the time. He's one of the richest men in the world, and hmm. he made sure that he built statues to himself. 
But I do believe that sometimes you have to tear down the statue and say, unfortunately, you, he chose or was he wanted to have elevated position inside the uh, inside the UK. But so at some point you're held to account for for your behaviour. Yeah. We should take down the statue and remember what he's actually done. That that that's a fair enough thing. I think you shouldn't be in an mm. elevated situation overlooking the students as they enter into university, and because it kind of it glorifies people that abuse people. Do you know what I mean? I know that's a, mm. a, a mute point, but I remember the discussion around Jimmy Savile's statue. You know, it's history. Should it be removed? And I, I still believe... Did he have a statue? Yeah, Jimmy Savile huh? had a statue because of his works for charity. God. He, did, he raised millions for charity. Oh, but wasn't I, it... Well, wasn't it his gravestone, don't you mean? Did he have a statue? No, no. Was there an actual statue? He had, he had a statue, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think that I was, think was where... Was, yeah, that was on the coast somewhere in Yorkshire, wasn't it, oh. I think? Probably yeah, Leeds, yeah. wasn't it, wasn't it? No, yeah. no. But anyway, it's go on. Actually, it's actually true that he raised millions for charity. Mm. Millions, yeah? But it's also yeah. true he was an abuser, and therefore he didn't deserve the statue, right? No. Absolutely. Uh, therefore, you have to, when people do that and you find out there, we found that out afterwards, but everybody agreed it should be removed. In the case of Cecil Rhodes, people have fully understood his own history later, and unfortunately he falls into that category because of that level mm. of abuse, and he's been taken <clears> down <throat> and, and, and put somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's yeah. what's happened. That's, that's the right way of dealing with history. And uh, we should elevate people that have done uh, really good things and try and remember them. Wayman, we've uh, we've got to go for a commercial break, but listen, you must come back on and uh, we'll talk more about this in the future. And, and, and thank you very much for having me on. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. Uh, the banks are pumping $100 billion into the economy uh, to aid the recovery, which mm. is pretty good news, isn't it? Yeah. That's going to be great. Uh, Jonathan Davis, economist and presenter of Booms and Bust podcast, joins us now. Jonathan, good evening. Hello, sir. Why can't each country involved just write off the debt and print some more money? Why can't we do that? Hmm. Well, um, if, if you do that, you are, the technical term is you're defaulting on the debt and much of the debt is um, held. Uh, we have borrowed from hedge funds, other countries, pension funds, your listeners' pension funds. Mm. If you default, well, I'm not on suggesting. Debt, no, no, hang on. I'm not suggesting we don't pay them back. That's what it sounded <laughs> like. No, it didn't. I'm so, suggesting we pay the money we owe them by printing print the more. Money. Just printing more. Printing money, pay, and then start afresh. Right. Why can't we do that? Well, well, actually, James, in effect, that's what uh, government borrowing is and has been for hundreds of years. Um, our government, whichever colour it happens to be at any time, uh, borrows money to help pay for the things that they've said they're going to um, spend, as well as the tax money comes in. So that's where governments get money from borrowing and from taxes. The problem is, for the last hundred years, our illustrious politicians, sorry, salespeople, have always overpromised. So they've always had to borrow more and more. And when a debt becomes due, say 10 years later, they just borrow A, to pay that debt back, and B, to borrow some more, to pay, spend some more. Eventually, um, when you borrow too much, 
uh, because you've spent too much, you've created too much currency. Well, what you do is, again, use a technical word, you debase the currency. The currency plummets. No one outside of our country, no investor wants to own the pound sterling. So the pound goes down. We're an importing nation. So everything that we import goes sky high in price. It's called inflation. And uh, that annihilates your economy. And ultimately, actually, I don't know if we'll talk about this, but uh, that is how I expect this to pan out over the next decade or two. And is this $100 billion going to be printed by the government? It's going to be computer-generated yeah, by the Bank of England. So it's just created out of nothing, yeah, but which devalues on, I, our, our well, money in the yeah, bank, doesn't well, it? Well, if we all do this around the world... And mm. say we've we've had to you know we've we needed more money because uh, mm. I don't understand why we can't do that without not paying anyone pay everybody makes our money worthless doesn't it because well, there's more of it well if everybody did it how does it make yeah. it worthless worthless well the, you start the, it, it's a from very the same place. interesting it's a very interesting question but of course it's totally 100 percent unfeasible because not everyone will join in everyone's got different levels of debt levels. Um, so um, you, you're all, it's, it's like OPEC, the oil crowd, um, it, 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 pretty quickly, uh, some of them who agree to a cutback in their production, they gently, quietly start increasing their production again. In other words, it would never happen, in, it would never work mm. in practice. It's a utopian ideal which could never happen given human and political nature. Are there any caveats, though, on this $100 Because the last time we bailed out the banks and you know gave them money for quantitative easing was to stimulate the economy, and they used it for themselves, didn't they? And they sort of went back and it messed up the whole economy, really. It didn't do with, with the money what they were meant to. Well, just like the, it's now an astonishing a total of £745 billion since March. Um, so don't talk about 100, talk about three quarters of a trillion, a trillion. pounds. Mm. It, it, it's it's um, getting on for the same amount of quantitative easing, actually, that uh, the Bank of England has done in the last decade. We've it, done in the last two and a half months, literally. Oh, my, oh my God. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, they, they're telling us that it's to stimulate the economy. And they told us in 2009 and 2012 and 2016 and so on, it's to stimulate the economy. Nothing could be further from reality or indeed the truth. Talk about being uh, playing economically with the truth. Um, what they're doing is supporting financial markets. They're supporting um, market participants, hedge funds, investors, uh, the city, Wall Street, uh, Frankfurt, um, only about 5 or 10% of all this printing that's been going on has actually been going into the economy. Mm. Um, mm. And that's the furlough schemes and all the self-employed and etc. schemes. Um, the bulk of it is going into financial markets. Uh, Jonathan, thank you very much indeed. The James Whale Show. Come praise the whale on Talk Radio. What is the French medal? The Légion d'Honneur. Um, Honor, Légion d'Honneur. Don- Don- yes, that's that's the one. Technological innovation. John Presley, burn them on sea in Somerset. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Yeah, the Vikings, they used to burn them at sea, didn't they? Burn what? When you bury you, they put you in a ship, now you burn you on sea. <laughs>
What are you doing now? They're wrestling. Which one? Both of them. Yeah, can you listen? Listen. Yeah, I can hear I think they're... Now, I've, I've been arrested a few times, believe it or not. I'm sure you find that difficult to believe. So this economic crash really has, has actually affected the whole world, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is that the question? No. Just <laughs> yeah, so that's I an know. answer. And this will go for a long time as well. Hang on, yeah. you t- You oh. are the most depressing person I've spoken to for ages, I'm Jonathan. I mean, you're... Don't shoot the messenger. K is in Devon. I quite like to be in, Ke- in Devon myself. Mm. You wouldn't. It's raining. Wouldn't I? That was uh, the clips for today, the worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.